0: with our series this week we've titled it you know prayer that changes everything and the reality we're talking about changing of our perspective on prayer here's kind of what i mean is uh you know uh the story of peter walking on the water you know they're in the boat and it's all kind of stormy and the waves are bouncing around and jesus comes walking on the water and he says says here i am guys and, and peter's like if that's really you tell me to come walk walk out on the water to you and Jesus's like okay come on and so Peter gets out of the boat, he's walking on the water, he's looking at Jesus, and, and, uh, but then all of a, and things are really good, but then all of a sudden he looks down at the waves. And then he starts sinking, and it's like, help, and uh, Jesus saved me. And so there's, uh, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about changing our perspective. You see, Peter, when his perspective was on Jesus, when he was looking at Jesus, the perspective about the waves and what was going on around him didn't matter. But when he looked at the waves, then it was a different perspective and he, and he freaked out. And and it made a difference on whether he was walking on water or not, all right? So that's what I'm talking about with prayer. When we change a perspective, it makes a difference of how we can pray and the effectiveness of our prayers. And I believe that we can have powerful and effective prayer as the apostle James says, it's possible for every believer who, who stands with Jesus, who's been made righteous by Jesus and what he did at the cross for us. So last week uh, we talked some about uh, praising God and how praising God just isn't something proper or polite that we do, but it's really something that we need to do because it helps us remind and remember that, that God is bigger than any problem that we have. When we praise him and praise him for how he's bigger than anything, and that he's better than our humanized uh, uh, humanized perspectives that we put on him, then it changes how we come to prayer because our problems are put in perspective. They're small compared to the bigness and how good God is. So that can change how we pray. And today, I want to bring something else to you, which, by the way, how many of you tried uh, the red light prayer, red light, green light? How many did some of that this week? Yeah? All right. All right, no man, not very many of you. Yeah, I forgot too. Uh, I actually did a whole lot better last week before I told you to do that. But uh, it's still something you can still do. Every time you come to a red light, don't ask God for anything. Just try to praise Him, uh, His qualities, His great things He's done in the past, uh, creation, uh, His kingdom. Uh, those are some things that we did, we tried, and we practiced last week. Uh, this week, we're going to practice something a little different. But... Let me introduce it first. And as Katie uh, mentioned, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Uh, this is a verse that, that we're looking at. Uh, beginning, um, it's, it says this, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but... I love it when the Scripture is so very clear and plain that there's no doubt about what's being said. I mean, there's some moments where I kind of scratch my head and go, Lord, what's your will for my life? What's your specific will? And I know that maybe sometimes you do that too. There's you know, there's this flighty up and down we have, and, well, God maybe said, well, he said this here in this passion, and he said this here, and well, I'm not sure well, how it all fits together, but somehow it'll all work out. Well, right here, it's very plain. It's very plain. This is God's will for you. And it's very simple. He, he really wants you to be joy-filled. Be joyful always. That's His will for you. And, and, and isn't that wonderful thing? That, isn't that the good? Don't we know that God is good, that He wants something beautiful like that for us? But that's not the end of it. There's something connected to having a joy-filled life. And He says this. It says, pray once a day. Does it say that? No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, pray sometimes. No, it doesn't say that, does it? What does it say? Pray continually. Pray all the time. Yeah. And connected to that prayer that is being lifted up to God all the time is to be thanksgiving. It's supposed to be thanksgiving. So be joyful always, praying all the time with thanksgiving. That's God's will for you and me. Thank you, God, for being so clear about that. We, have, we completely understand. And, and if, if English isn't your mother language and you want to understand it in your native tongue, we'll find you a Bible and get it to you in your native tongue uh, so that you, it can be clear as day for you too. But uh, have you ever forgot to be thankful? I have, and I do. I do. I, I have moments where I forget to say thank you for something that maybe someone has done for me, or something that they've given, or, or maybe something God has done. But you know, usually whether it's you know a mom or dad or a relative or or somebody at work, uh, a coworker or a, or a friend or a neighbor or someone in the church, you know, there've been moments where I've forgotten to say thank you, and sometimes uh, it. it most of the time, it's just, yeah, there's gratitude in my heart. I just forgot to verbalize it and say it out loud. And, and, uh, and there's been a few times uh, where, where maybe there wasn't gratitude in my heart. You know, I was kind of a I was a little... Sorry, I can't think of a clean word to say there. It was, uh, well, all my 80s words just disappeared. My, I grew up in the 80s, and there's all kinds of words that you could say that weren't swear words, but I, I forgot them all. Um, yeah, here's your pastor confessing in front of you already. Um, well, anyway, just to say that there's been a few moments when, uh, you know, I've, you know, maybe someone in the church has done something nice for me and, you know, and then I forgot to say thank you. And, you know, they might get frustrated with me. They might get frustrated, man, what's, what's wrong? He didn't say thank you. And, you know, and, and you know, and then they get all bent out of shape and it's like, you know, and, and that's not really. The way it is, I mean, when you when you give something to somebody or do something for somebody, you're not it's not dependent upon them returning something to you. It's not really a gift, then, is it? You know, and so I don't really think God gets all frustrated with us when we're not thankful. I don't think he gets frustrated with us now. But I do think that he pities us. I do think he pities us. And, and why I think that is that because he knows what happens to us humans when we forget to give thanks or don't thank or refuse to give thanks to him or we'll try others. You see, I, I really believe that God made us or he hardwired us to worship. And a good part of worship is giving thanks to God. And, you know, even, even in prayer. You know, this is where I began with my children when they were growing up as, as you know, little toddlers. I mean, the first thing in prayer we would start doing is, well, what are you thankful for, kids? Let's tell God, thank you. And again, it's, thanksgiving is something simple that even a child can do. So in a lot of places, that, that's where we all began in our worship of God is giving thanks. And yet, as we grew older, we kind of forgot. We kind of forget. And so I, I, when humans don't give thanks as we're hardwired to do, we start fouling up. It's the truth. We start fouling up. We start going haywire, like, like a PC showing the blue screen of death or, 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 or a Mac showing the little death face. You ever seen that? I know some of you Mac people don't even believe that. You've, you've never seen it because your Mac has never crashed. Mine has. I have that effect on computers. So um, it's true. It does happen even to Macs. So, but what I like, I want to prove to you and show to you from the scripture that that god has hardwired us to to be worshipers that give thanks and that when we don't do that we do foul up and so the passage i want us to look at is romans chapter one so if you got a bible you can turn to it we're going to put on the screens i know some of you are sitting in dark places some of you got light shining down on you so whatever um but romans chapter one i'm going to start with verse 18 now what what we're going to see here is, is we're going to see how fouled up and how broken we can become when we don't give thanks. And, and so I'm not reading this to say, look how bad we are and society is. What I'm reading this for is, is that identify where things go wrong. Where does it start? Okay, look for it in the passage. Uh, here we go. Luke eight, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Wow. I mean, right here we're reading about what's going on in Asheville. I mean, don't we have people that are worshiping creation instead of the creator? We've got our earth worshipers. Verse 26, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do whatever ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. And that's like American culture right there. I mean, aren't we the, the country of ingenuity? And in and, and in fact, when we look around in cultural things, we see ingenuity and even evil things doing evil. Yeah. They they are senseless. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. There, oh, I messed up. I skipped. No 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 no. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Wait a minute. How'd that get in there? Oh. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things but also approve of those who practice them. Wow. Wow. So, did you did you see it where the description of darkness began? Did you see where that started? Verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. I mean, we read that list and we kind of go, you know, wow, how could people do such stupid, crazy things? I mean, how could they go that far into that? I mean, isn't that just common sense that you wouldn't do that sort of thing? And, and it's like, well, no, their, their thinking became futile and their, their hearts were darkened. And how did that happen? They stopped giving thanks. I mean, wow. Talk about one thing leading to another. I mean, the I mean, that's take, albeit this passage is playing it out to, to the nth degree extreme. But I mean, one thing leading to another. You know, sometimes we can start reading this and, and we can start thinking getting this mindset of, yeah, those people out there, yeah, man, that's horrible. That's, that's really bad. So, and we can kind of get that mentality. But instead of a kind of us versus them mentality, I think we should realize that if we really want to be sorrowful and mournful over the sin and darkness around us in this city, this country, this world, we should first mourn over the lack of thankfulness from people who already know God. I mean, really, according to this passage of Scripture, how did all this darkness begin? It began when people who knew God stopped thanking Him. Now today, who are the people who know God? Christ followers. Yeah, they're they're the ones who say they know God. So our world gets darker when we stop thanking and glorifying God. This city became darker when people who knew God stopped thanking Him and glorifying Him. According to this passage according to the Bible of how things get dark, that would explain what happened in this city. But you know, you flip that around, you know what the good news is? We can do something about that, can't we? If we know God, we can do something about that. Because if we know God... What can we do? We can begin to thank Him. We can begin to glorify Him. And things can change. Things can change. But you know, you know the, that darkness, that kind of shift, it just doesn't happen to people out there. It can happen to you and me, doesn't it? I mean, darkness can fall over us when thanksgiving disappears from our lips, from our minds, our attitudes. I mean, Jesus talked about this. He said in Luke 11, he said, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eyes are bad, your body is also full of darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be completely lighted, as when the light of a lamp shines on you. Have you ever seen this kind of thing in yourself or in others when gratitude begins to disappear? I mean, it's it's like there is a lens that's removed and you can't see things clearly anymore. Everything is a haze and, and it's in dark. I mean, be joyful always is not the words that would describe you when you've wandered into this thankless territory. Everything you look at becomes tainted. You know, uh, despair starts sitting in. Cynicism starts coming out of your mouth. Anger is right there at the surface. Your fuse becomes so short. And everything is closer. of the darkness is closer at hand. And it permeates how you view the world around you. You know, some say it's an attitude. They'll say, well, change your attitude. Jesus called it the eye or the lamp of your body. Jesus warns us against this. And he says, see to it. That the light within you is not darkness. Saying you can do something about this. You're not helpless. You're not helpless and and to be overwhelmed by by darkness and this, this pervading thought or perspective that affects your attitude. Change the lens. Change your sight and let the light in. Give thanks and it can change your whole perspective. It's God's will for your life. Now, if you don't believe that God wired you to give thanks, would you maybe believe scientists and psychologists and researchers who don't even acknowledge God? Let me throw out some of that stuff for you, okay? Uh, their findings say that people who give thanks regularly, especially those who write down a log of thanksgiving or, or some sort of gratitude, they feel better about their lives a, as a whole, and they're more optimistic about their future. They, they found out that people who uh, regularly give thanks, they sleep 1.2 hours more per evening. I wonder, does that roll into the morning? You can just say everyone who's late to work is really thankful. (laughs) And then then they discovered that those who practice Thanksgiving, they also exercise 33% more each week. Did you ever think that, you know, those who might struggle with, man, I just can't get the discipline to to exercise or whatever, did you ever think that maybe if you started giving some thanks to God that it would change your motivation or something would happen in you? Isn't that wild to think about? That's kind of crazy. Well, researchers found that those who regularly give thanks, they feel more joyful, they're interested, they're more attentive, they're more energetic, more excited, determined, and strong. Wow. I'll take some of that, please. And how do you do that? Begin giving thanks. You know why people who don't even like to sing uh, like to come and be part of a worship gathering like this? It's because giving thanks to God actually makes us feel good. I mean, if that's the way God wants, it makes us feel good. Look, now, I know I'm trying to appeal to your self-serving side by saying this. You know, do give thanks because it, it's, it makes you feel good. You know, but, but what I'm trying to say is this is more than a should or a have to. You know, you should give thanksgiving. You have to give thanksgiving because this is more than the right thing to do. It's the way God made you. And if you want to understand yourself and why you go up and down with emotions and all kinds of things like that and go out of these seasons and cycles, it's like, understand how you're made, how God made you. Understand he made you to give thanks. It's, Thanksgiving is the path to living joyfully always. So do you understand that Thanksgiving can change our perspective and that perspective influences our prayer? Pray continually. Pray all the time. With thanksgiving, And if the lens of your eyes is just seeing darkness all the time, despair will be weighing you down. And then your prayers are going to be a difficult struggle if you've got despair. Because what is the opposite of despair? What does despair try to crush? Hope. And you've got to have po- hope when you're approaching God. See, without hope, it's hard to have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11.6. See, get, get the order of this. Thanksgiving increases your hope, and hope increases your faith. And when you got those two things, your prayers get turned up full notch. All right? Say that again. Thanksgiving increases your hope, and hope increases your faith. And we can do something about being thankful. We can do something about it. But I guess maybe the question is, is well, how far do we go with this Thanksgiving thing, Shannon? I mean, I don't want to be some sort of Pollyanna. Some of you here you don't even know what a Pollyanna is. You never old story, old movie. It was a book. It was a movie about this little girl named Polly. Pollyanna and, and she was uh she was thankful, she was she had gratitude, she was joyful, she always saw the bright side of things and and, and she moved to a new place and there were some people who were like what's up with you, kid? And, and then there are other people who were like, oh, you're so delightful. And then the what's up with you kind of people, they, you know, in the story, they kind of change. Pollyanna rubs off on them. And so, the, but it was a very sugary, sweet kind of story and movie. And so there's some people, you know, have a little more, you know, satirical, cynical kind of side to them. that You know, Pollyanna. Eh, eh. So anyway, um, some of you might be going like, where are we going with this Thanksgiving thing, Shannon? I don't want to turn into some little Pollyanna. Well, in the Bible, we can read from the book of Colossians how we are to be overflowing with Thanksgiving. Now think about that word overflowing, okay? I mean, think about the French Broad River this fall, this summer and this fall, going into the winter. I mean, we've had so much rain. As there are several times where it's gone up to the banks and it's gone over the banks and gone into the streets like Brevard Road and and, and 191. And, And so there's times where we're like, hey, River, stay in the banks. Stay in the boundaries where you're supposed to be. So overflowing is when you go beyond the boundaries, when you spill out past the boundaries. So if you're saying, well, how far do we go with this? Well, what has been your usual boundaries with Thanksgiving? How thankful have you been? Go beyond it. Go beyond the bounds. Go beyond the boundaries and be more thankful than those boundaries tell you to. Overflow with thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, uh, Paul exhorts us to be full of the Spirit, singing songs from our hearts, saying, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Give thanks to God for everything. So how far are we supposed to go with this giving thanks to God? 1 Thessalonians says... Continually, all the time, Ephesians says, for everything. So, to sum it up, give thanks to God in prayer all the time for everything. How far do we go? All the time and for... Say it again. Give thanks all the time and for yeah. That's how far we go with it. Wow. Now, there are some challenges to that kind of thanksgiving, isn't there? I mean, there's some challenges to that. I mean, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, is it, every day? I mean, some days are kind of tough. I mean, there are the days when tragedy strikes, right? I mean, there's the day when you find out about the incurable disease. You, a family member, a relative, a friend. There's a day when when a relationship is lost, even though you've tried everything to save it. There's a day when someone sins against you. They hurt you. Even then, Thanksgiving. And then there's even a day, if it hasn't happened For you already, there will be a day when you lose a loved one. And that's when we grapple with thanksgiving. And maybe not just thanksgiving, but we actually grapple with God. We wrestle with Him. But I'm telling you that that's the moment when despair tries to take us down and not let us come up for air. And it's then, most of all then, that we have got to fight to lift our eyes up just to look at God. And and maybe we won't be able to say, thank you, God, for that specific thing that was so horrible and heartbreaking to us. But maybe we will just be able to come into his presence, his comforting presence, and just say, hold me, Jesus. Hold me, Prince of Peace. Let your peace rule my heart. And maybe the tragedy will be so close to heart, you won't be able to say anything. Just go before God. And your soul will just moan. You won't be able to say anything. It will just be a moan coming up from your spirit. And maybe if there are words to it, it would be like this. My Soul waits in silence for him. My soul waits in silence for God. My soul waits in silence for God. My soul waits in silence for him. And that's, that's the groaning coming up, and, and that may be all you're able to do. But if that's all you're able to do, at least you're still before God and in His presence. The one who desires good things for you, the one who cares for you, the one who can comfort you with His presence in the midst of hard and difficult things, and the one that can remind you of the good gifts that he's given you in Jesus Christ. Remind you that his mercy is great, his compassions fail not. I'm just telling you from experience, one who has lost loved ones, one who has walked with a daughter with an incurable disease, as one who has felt the heartache of relationships lost, one who has almost been swallowed by despair, you've got to find a way to turn to God and thank him or praise him in some way. It's the only way to leave the darkness behind. Ann Voskamp has written a book called A Thousand Gifts. Maybe some of you read it. It's a great book. I encourage not just women to read it, but men to read it too. Anne shares that she has struggled with depression. And that despair was something that really hung over her family as as a girl she was growing up and, and tried to swallow her father and mother along with her. But everything changed for her when she began to journal gratitude to God every day. She began to literally count her blessings. And thus the name for a book, A Thousand Gifts, she counted a thousand blessings over a year. Now, I don't think that you have to write a book, but if what I'm saying about Thanksgiving all the time and for everything, if that seems impossible to you, then I seriously think that you need to take up the challenge of literally counting your blessings. You need to make a physical list. You need to view it. You need to see it and put it up somewhere. You know, my family, uh, we've had lists like this before in the past. I remember one that was on our refrigerator over on Braddock Way. It was, our, it, was just, it was blessings, it was the title of it, and we wrote down those things. And when we, we, we compiled them and looked at them and, re- and reflected on them, it gave us hope for the future and the things that we saw as pressing against us in the future. And we go, look, God took care of these things in the past. Look at these good gifts he's given us. Why worry about tomorrow? Why worry about the future? So every day what you can do in this challenge is just write down a simple list of good things that have happened Or that you've experienced. And and you might just have one thing on your list for one day. Or you might have 20 things. It it doesn't matter. It it might be something as simple as, My eyes opened this morning and I saw the morning light rise over the trees this morning. Thank you, God. Or it, it might be something as mundane as, you know, Thank you, God, for helping my car start in seven degree below weather. Or thank you, God, for running water. Yeah. Thanksgiving can be really practical. It can be very simple. You can be as poetic with it as you want or just as mundane. But whatever it might be, it is the beginning of practicing Thanksgiving all the time and for everything. All right? So I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to start a count your blessings list. Make it a test. Do it for a month. See what happens. See if it helps with your attitude. See if it helps with the way you see things. See if it helps your prayer life. And I believe that when we enter before God with thanksgiving, we can see the world around us clearly, which helps us pray with more alertness and awareness of the people around us. You know, when we're watching for what we can be thankful for, we also start running into those needs around us and and those needs that we should pray for. So it makes our prayer life more rich when we live in this perspective. Giving thanks all the time for everything can change us. And it can cause us to pray prayers that change everything. Now, we're going to take a moment, and we're actually going to practice Thanksgiving right here, right now, out loud. Okay? And so uh, some of you are gathered around tables. uh, Some of you are sitting in chairs. Either way, it doesn't matter. What we're going to do is, as I'm talking here, what I want you to do is think about, think back, reflect on 2013 and just think, what's something that happened in 2013, or something I did, or something someone gave, or whatever that you're just thankful for? Something you're thankful for. I was I was over at the Grey Eagle and talking with Miles, and he was like, "Well, Nelly was born 2013. I'm very thankful for that, you know." And I was talking with Dan, the sound man. He said, "You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that I got work, and I'm not in a in this certain place or that place, but I'm here at the Grey Eagle working." So. It might be something real simple like that. It might be something big, like a baby being born or whatever. But, but whatever it is, think of that. And then you're going to share it. This is what I'm thankful for. You're going to share it with the people around you. Now, I know some of you here sitting in the chairs, you can turn and look to one another, mess up the chairs. It's fine. And you can each share, maybe three or four or five of you in a group. And, and don't worry, I know it may be a little awkward if you don't know the people in front of you or people behind you. But you can just say the pastor made me do it, All Right? It's It's his fault. And, and if you're absolutely opposed uh, to this kind of, you know, talking with people you don't know, you came by yourself today, then we got this wall back here. It's the thank you wall. And you can just write some thanksgiving on the wall back here, okay? So we're going to do this. And right now uh, Nathan uh, and Sadie, and uh, they're going to come up, uh, their band, and they're going uh, to in a little bit start leading some worship. And when they lead that, what's going to happen is that we're going to be going into worship with thanksgiving in our hearts. Isn't that cool? And uh, so we're going to be kind of like fulfilling the word of God where it says enter his courts with thanksgiving in your hearts. All right? All right, so here we go. Mix it up. What you're thankful for, 2013. 2013.